taking my sin, my cross, my shame, rising again, I bless your name, you are my all in all, and when I fall down, you lift me up, when I am dry, you fill my cup, you are my Just lift your hands to him. Oh, Why don't you just give him Lord. praise right now? Bless He's worthy of praise. We glorify your name, Lord Jesus. We glorify you above every other voice that's in this earth. You are Lord. You are King. You are the coming King. You're the King that's coming in power. You're the one that's dwelling in your subjects. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, Lord. We give you praise. We give you honor, Lord. We glorify your name. Lord, the rocks may cry out, but Lord, we give you praise tonight. We give you honor tonight, Lord. With all that's in us, Lord, we say that you are God and there is none like you. Oh, praise be to your name. Praise be to the King of Kings. We give glory to you, O oh Lord. The Lord reigns above all. We thank you, Jesus. We praise your name. You are wonderful, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, praise his name. I feel like we need to sing one more song. What a mighty God we serve. Amen. What a mighty God Hallelujah. we serve. Amen. Oh, what a mighty, mighty God we before that name. May every contrary spirit fall to that name. That's the name above every other name. 
He is King. He is Lord. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Why don't we just pray while we're here? Heavenly Father, what a wonderful presence that's here, Lord. Father, we give praise to the King of Kings, Lord. We want to thank you this evening, Lord. Father, we come against every contrary voice that's in the world today. Everything that would come against your will. Everything that would come against your coming kingdom. Lord, you're the king that's coming into power. Lord, and we honor you tonight. We praise you tonight. We will not stop glorifying you. You are our God. You are our king. Lord, we thank you. You're worthy of everything. And Lord, we're here tonight. Father, we're here to worship you. We're here to serve you. We're here to serve your purpose. Lord, we ask you that you would come. Refresh your people, O oh Lord, as we stand before you, Lord. May you pour in of yourself, your very being, your very spirit, Lord, to every place, every household, everyone, the youngest to the oldest. Lord, raise the standard. Lift the standard in your people. Father, we, we just bring it all before you. And Lord, we say in the name of Jesus, may you take the full control, the full power, the full measure in every life, for we ask it in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for it. Lord, we'll open your word now. We're asking you'll anoint it, you'll bless it. Lord, that you'll take this service now from the beginning to the end. And Lord, how can we thank you enough? We praise you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, I have some announcements, but we're going to read the word first. We're here right now. We're going to do that. So let's go to the book of Psalms, chapter 103. Psalms 103. This will follow in the vein of where we were speaking last Wednesday, and that was the victory in a fallen frame. But I'll take this in a little further direction tonight. Psalms 103, this is David speaking, and he says these words, and we'll start the reading in verse 11. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgression transgressions from us. Praise God. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are as grass, as the flower of the field, so he flourisheth. Amen. God bless his word. We'll turn to Romans chapter 7. We'll read two verses there, and then I'll let you have your seats. Romans chapter 7, verse 24. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with my mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. This is the first church age messenger, the great apostle Paul. He, he makes his humanity known here in Romans 7. But remember, he also spoke Romans chapter 8. Amen. God bless his word. You may have your seats. 
I'm going to just, uh, before we start, I had a couple of announcements, but I just felt we should move right into the service. I want to give God praise, first of all. We had a report from Brother Andrew Spencer two days ago regarding his father. This is his notes. Dad is just leaving the cancer center. Doctors are saying in a simple form, cancer has not spread at this point other than lungs and brain, which is a miracle. The liver is having some issues they must watch, but the doctor, she is calling things a miracle at this point. As for the cancer, the doctor says we stay the course with the chemo. There's lots of rest. Watching how the body will react as we go, we shall see miracles. Thank you, brothers, for every prayer. You all, you all, is how he says it there, uh, mean so much to us. God richly bless you. That's from Brother Andrew Spencer. Brother Andrew has actually got the burden of the services. He, um, Brother Ron texted me and said he took a service a week ago and he was wiped out. He spoke for 40 minutes and he was wiped out for three days. He's very weak, very tired, but we thank God. He, said he feels the prayers of the saints. He, uh, he feels he's being held up by it, so let's, let's stick with it. And uh, if I can also ask a, a request, um, we've mentioned um, a brother before. This is a brother, Omid. He is in Turkey. He is an Iranian refugee. Uh, he is subject to deportation. We've been praying for him. He's had a supposedly prison sentence he's got to go to for serving God and serving the message. And we've been praying for him this last week. They came up. His hearing has come up. And they say within 10 days, it's possible to get shipped back. They're saying this is so because he has no scars in his body to prove he's being persecuted. And he's just looking for God to intervene. And I said we would pray for him. He's got a wife and a young daughter. They are there with him. And we're praying that God will watch over his elect wherever they are. And we remember the brothers in China. There's brothers that are imprisoned. There's a work of God to do there. I tell you what, I'm not just praying for individuals. We're praying for the work of God. We're praying for the kingdom of God to take its root and whatever it's got to do. We've been, we've been praying here for our, our measures that are in place. And every time I do that, I pray for these brothers. I say, they're a part of us. They're a part of the bride. And so we've been praying for them. I want to just make you aware, you, many of you got the email that was sent out from the church. I'm going to just rehearse it for those that didn't. And this is in regards to the changing regulations within the government. On Monday, the government announced they'd be putting some measures in place on the 14th to sort of reopen business and launch things again. That uh, actually was confirmed today by the premier, and they put certain things out. Some of the Calgary area is not under the same areas because of higher cases there, but we are. So there is actually some things that we didn't expect, and we want to thank you for your prayers. So I'm going to read the letter, and then I'll make a comment. It says, to the members of End Time Message Tabernacle, on behalf of Brother Harold, the ministry, and the officers of the church, we would like to inform you as follows. The government of Alberta has announced new guidelines for faith-based gatherings as part of phase one of its reopening plan. In the plan, there are a number of measures that will allow us to be slightly more flexible in our worship services. For this, we thank the Lord. We do thank the Lord. And we believe God's working on our behalf and will continue to work on behalf. Expect the enemy to resist, but expect God to do things. And we're going to expect God to do things. Now, while we have appreciated the streaming services, we do look forward to gathering together in worship. 
While it may be some time before we can be restored to full capacity, the changes that are proposed or the guidance that's being put forth will enable us to increase the current limit of 15 per service to 50. So that'll go back to where we were. There are a number of new guidelines currently being reviewed by the ministry and the officers as to how best to implement them. And we actually had a meeting on those things and we're working through them. So I, we would just say this, it's in our interest to protect the health of the members both spiritually and naturally with regard to the COVID-19. We want to move forward with the guidelines established and therefore ask that you abide by these as you're directed. It's important that we, we follow them when they're made available, please do take the time to read them, study them for the benefit of your families. It's in the best interest that we provide a good testimony, that we show it in order to keep moving forward. And we're, we're endeavoring to do that with all that we can. So if we can remember that, we're looking for the Lord to prepare us for a soon coming and ask you please to continue to pray for us. That's the ministry, the pastor, the um, members, the, the officers, as we seek the Lord daily for faith, wisdom, and grace of God from Brother Harold, the ministry, the deacons, the trustees of End Time Message Tabernacle. So we're happy for that. Um, the way it looks right now is, is we're just making sure that we're prepared, that we have measures in place, that we can be properly done. So we're, we're putting some of those things in place. We likely will not uh, go to 50 for a couple of services yet, but likely the weekend of the 24th is when we're planning for it. We will update you on that as we move into it. So we just thank God for that. We, let's keep praying. Let's keep putting these things before God. All right, we need to get to the service, to the Word. That's why we're here. And I, I don't know about you, but I had a rough day. I was tired, and I had so many things coming at me, and I said, okay, it's time to go to church. <laughs> and I'm happy to go to church. I'll tell you what, this is the world that's real. This is the world that we want to live in. This is the kingdom. I do not want to stay in this world. Okay? In, and when I say world, I mean the cosmos, the present day world. And I'm going to get into that a little bit here tonight. So we took this text out of Romans chapter 7 where Paul said, O wretched man that I am who shall deliver me from the body of this death, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. With my mind I serve the law of God, with my flesh the law of sin, which is unto death. So I'm going to calling this victory in a fallen frame part two, but I'm taking a subtitle tonight, kind of unusual, and it just the phrase came to me, and I didn't realize maybe where I heard it, but it's called dead man walking. How does that sound? <laughs> now, I, f I found out after that this was actually a movie somewhere, but I, I didn't take my inspiration from the movie, so just so you all know. But I'm calling this dead man walking. Are you, are you, are you ready to be with me tonight? I'll tell you what, I had to drag my dead flesh that was under the law of sin and death to walk into this church and praise God. And I did it with my mind, with the God that dwells in me, and this flesh will keep walking with me until it's dropped when we get to a resurrection. So until then, it's going to keep walking. <laughs> anyway, that, that's, that's, that's where we're going tonight. There, I blew my whole service like that. In the old days, they would use this phrase. The phrase actually came from a man that was committed to capital punishment, was under the sentence of death. That man would have to walk from his prison cell to wherever it was, the gallows, the, the shooting, the, 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 the firing squad, or whatever it was, the gallows, the, the rope, the noose. And as he was walking, he was committed on a walk that he was going to die. He was walking with his own power, but it was a committal to death. 
And I will say this, you that are born again, you've committed your old man to death. You're, you're walking under the power of the Lord Jesus and the, and, the new, and the new spirit that dwells within us. So once that man started that walk, it was as good as over. He was as good as dead. And I will say today, the journey we're on right now, that old man is as good as dead. He has gone through a justification. He has gone through a sanctification. And he's gone through a baptism of the Holy Ghost. And he will continue until he receives the adoption. And the final phrase of the adoption is a new body. So we thank God for that. Okay, that was the, the trailer. <laughs> let's go to second, no, let's go to Revelations 21. Revelations 21. I'd like to do this also instructionally, so we'll just try to take it in some form of anointing as the Lord would lead us, however he wants us to preach some, or we'll preach. Revelations chapter 21. Now, we'll start reading in verse 1. And this is John. He sees, says this, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, so what, if you read this in itself, it would lead you to believe that there was an old heaven and there was an old earth, and that was done away with, and there would be a new one. But let's just follow it through here. And I, John, saw, because I want to read these in continuity. And I, John, saw the holy city, and he said, The new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. When I was a young boy, we sang songs like the holy city and different places. And, and you know, as a child, you got these dreams of this city and, and the gold and the angels and the streams. And then we read Uncle Arthur's bedtime stories and we saw glistening in gold. I'll tell you what, it's more real than all of those. It's, it's a reality of where we're going. It's our future home. So now, if you go to verse 3, and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, now, it, it, this is all in the same thought, all this is. And I heard a great voice from seven, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and be their God. And God shall wipe away, now here, here's a continuity, you see God's going to dwell in people, and God shall wipe away, speaking of the old, he will wipe away all the tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death. And there shall be no more sorrow and no more crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. Amen. Now, who's he picking? Men, women, children that are on earth right now that are going to fulfill that scripture. Amen. Children that have pain right now. That may have crying right now. That have sorrow that have those things, these things will pass away. I don't know if we ever can think about it. What would it be to, to wake up in the morning without having to worry? Having to worry about running into somebody with a mask on their face. Having to worry about, you know, what, what may be floating through the air, if it's invisible as it seems. What would it be like to worry, not having to worry about anything anymore? I tell you, why would you want to stay here? <laughs> I, I want to go home. Verse 5, and he that sat on the throne said, Behold, 
I make all things new. And he said unto me, write, these words are true and faithful. Now, if I take this out of the message, future home, and Brother Branham refers to it because this is a scripture that he used in that. He says, now, if we, if we read Revelations 21, it is speaking on a subject. But John never wrote it out like Peter did. See? We understand that this future home of the bride is to be on earth. So John said in, in chapter 21, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Brother Adam said, that sounds like annihilation. Now remember, this is a prophet speaking. A prophet who is not just anointed with a gift of prophecy, but a prophet who is ordained of God to bring the word of God that will bring rapturing faith for this last day. So now he is pulling scriptures together. He's under a direct control of God. The messengers that were in the hand of God, they were in his right hand, which represents authority, which represents God's hand, which represents control. You can hang your head on it. You can rest on it. You can trust on it. So now let's go back to 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter and Brother Branham brings these two together. 2 Peter chapter 3. So he, he now reads, and we'll pick it up from verse 3. And he says, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. So there is, there is no even thought or there's no mind towards these things to be heavenly minded. It's earthly minded. And so there would be voices that would say this. Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. And, and the reason is, for this number five, for this they willingly are ignorant by the word of God. Now, look at how Peter frames this. He says, that by the word of God, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. Now, he calls it the world that then was, past tense. He says, perished. But the heavens and earth, which are now, which is actually the same framework, it's not a new heaven, it's not a new earth, but it's gone from one form to another form. So he says, but the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Now Brother Adam would say this, he says, John never wrote it like Peter. John explains the change and, and, and what he, how it comes about. He doesn't explain it rather, but Peter does. And, and, and so Peter says, the first heavens and earth were passed away. Now that sounds very strange. But what struck me, and as I began to look at the word, was pass away. And it's clear the apostle and the prophet were talking about the same thing. But from these passages, you would begin to think that the earth would be destroyed. I make a new heaven and a new earth. But the heavens will be gone and the earth completely annihilated. But he said, let's take a closer study. 
with the help of the Holy Spirit. Now, Brother Brandon will make these statements. It's only the atmospheres around it and the sin that's upon the earth that will be destroyed. Do you realize that the heavens means the atmospheres above? Now, now just think about this for a minute. We, we just can't wait to get away from this world. But we're coming back to this world. This is going to be our home. This is where we're going to spend the millennium. But it needs to go through a process in order for it to be fit for a bride that is adorned for her husband. So the earth that's around you, the camping site that you like to go to, the lake, the waterfall, the stream, those things are good, they're pure. But all the other things around it, the movies and the, and, and the things that are going on in the, in the fourth dimension and all those things, those will be annihilated. They will be burnt with fire. But the framework stays the same. So Brother Branham goes, he says, so what does it do? He said the thistles, the sicknesses, the death, the sinful man, the sinful woman, the evil spirits will all be gone away and annihilated. <laughs> it has to be done that way. And he says, we're going to live right here. We're going to prove that by the Bible. Now listen to these words. All, all this, the existence that's in the world, notice, he says, thistles, germs. Now that word seems to be prevalent these days. There will be no masks in heaven. There will be no social distancing in the millennium. Believe me, I will be so grateful for it. I thank God for it. Oh, praise God. He says, now, all sicknesses and things will be completely taken away. Oh, I am looking forward to the glad millennial day. He says, all the man-made systems... The politics, the sins, the evil, evil spirits that this world is contaminated with. And, I, and I'll tell you what, it's hard to imagine that God could do it. But you look at, man, you go to some places and been overseas and you, and you look at, in, in, in some places, in open gutters and garbage and it's piled up and it's here. And, and you go to some river and there's oil slicks and there's all kinds of things. I think, how can God stand it? I just thought of it. How can God stand it? And it just came to me the other day again, and I just listened to this message, and I thought of, it's one of his attributes. He made the earth. It was in his mind. It was in his thinking. Therefore, he can look past all of that, and he can say, it's an attribute of mine. I will let it go through a process, and I will make it a fit habitation. Yeah. Now, while I'm here... I thought, this old man, this corrupt flesh that we drag around, that's walking with us, that we continually have to, you know, that does things we don't want it to do, how can God love that? <laughs> but he's not looking at that. He wasn't looking at you, your flesh, the man in the mirror, the woman that you take care of so much in the morning that you want to make look pretty, that's not what he was looking at. In fact, once you've done something stupid and silly and, 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 you, and, you, and you view it in the light of the holiness of God, you say, Lord, how could you ever love me? How could you ever? Because he put something in you. You were also a part of his attributes. You also were a part of him. And he could not deny that. 
So therefore, he began to work on you. He began to call you. He began to bring you through justification and a sanctification and a baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he's going to bring you into a full adoption. Now, the risk of getting ahead of myself, the inside man, the soul realm, is born again. But your flesh is not born again. You know what? Your flesh causes you a lot of trouble. You know, the lust of the three temptations, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. How often has the lust of the, lust of the flesh slain you when you're at a smorgasbord? <laughs> How many have ever walked away from a smorgasbord thing? Wow, I ate too little. Doesn't happen. <laughs> it's the lust of the flesh. <laughs> and it's the same thing. You drive down the road in summer and all of a sudden some, some female comes in front of you and your, your first thought of that flesh realm, that, that, that spirit realm is that way. But thank God there's something there that's holding us, something that's keeping us, something that's real, something that's born again. A new nature is there. But in the meantime, you're dragging around this flesh. And often we try to coerce this flesh and try to get it to cooperate and work with us. And, you know, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs somewhere, it says, if you're a man given to appetite, put a knife to your your throat. Okay, that might help short term. But if you're the one that's holding it, you'll just loosen a little bit until you're finished. You know, that'll only go so far. But the real overcoming... It starts from the inside. And and to some degree, you're going to have to drag along the flesh and its frailties. You're going to have to drag along the emotional scars of your life. But I'll tell you what, if you've got God in you, you can overcome and you can begin to use this for God. My, oh my. Okay, so Brother Bannon would say, all that exists in the heavens, the atmospheres, the earth, it holds these things, but it wasn't made for that purpose. The, the radio waves were not meant to carry pornographic pictures through them. They were not meant for that. That's, that's the God of this evil age. The radio waves were not meant to be a device that, that would, would, would cause people to sin and feed on the wrong things. The, those things are, are, are not a part of it. Those are the atmospheres. The world that we live in, the cursing and, 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 and the politics and all these things, that's, that's not part of God's kingdom. So now, now Brother Branham would, would bring it, and, he, and actually this is such a wonderful message because he's, he, he's, he comes to it as he, as he goes. He says, but our bodies that we live in now was put in the earth when God created it. You're out of the dust of the earth. It was laid there. God himself created it because you were in his thinking. And in the great eternal was the thought, which is the attribute. So he had a mind, he had a purpose. The eternal God thought of us from before the foundation of the world. Now, let me just stop here for a moment. God is eternal. We are creatures of time. We are finite. We have not come to the fullness, but God was establishing the eternal when he worked with Elijah. When he worked with Moses, he was establishing the eternal that you and I could reflect on it. How, why did God do this? But that we could draw faith from it. So the eternal has always existed. The eternal has come down to this level. Now the eternal is making himself known in a way that he's never made himself known before. 
You know, sometimes we're even in the message, and I was listening to some messages the last few days, and, and sometimes we think, you know, uh, well, I'm going to listen to 63 to 65 because that's when the real kernel of the message came. Well, there's true. But if you don't go through the school of experience to bring you up to that, you don't have the character to be able to handle that. It's the same way with anything. You, you might be a young man. You might be able to drive as good as your dad. You may be able to handle the lawn tractor as good as your dad. You may be able to do all these things. But sometimes you don't have the wisdom or the character to be able to control it or hold it in the right way. Now, now, like, I never thought that when I was 18. But when I was about 25, I started to change my thinking a little bit. And by the time I got to the 40s, I really didn't know what I was doing back then. So if you're 18 right now or less and you think you got it all under control, don't worry. I'll say I told you so if time goes on. You'll find it to be so. You really will. Experience will dictate that to us. So I, I was listening to Brother Branham speaking in 1962. He was going to go overseas for a meeting, and it was, he was, had a vision. God gave him a dream, rather. It was a dream. And he was going to go over this with a little boat, and, and it was going to go over and, and just for this one meeting. And then God spoke to him and said, Stop. Don't do that. He says, You've got to store up food. You're going to need this for the time to come. So I was listening to wisdom versus faith. And I, was, and I was listening to it. As I'm listening to it, I was watching how God has begun to deal with the prophet on certain levels. And how that thinking, if we establish ourselves, it provides the way for latter statements. So it's line upon line, precept upon precept. Everything God is doing is with the eternal in mind. Now, the eternal God had a thought of justification to the earth about washing it because he wanted to keep it. But justification wasn't going to keep it. It wasn't going to be enough. It would have to be sanctified. Now, the devil, he tried to get Jesus. Even, even Jesus, he said, I'll give you all these kingdoms if you fall down and worship me. But Jesus wouldn't do it because then the devil would still have a claim on this earth. So he didn't do it. He took the road of Calvary knowing he would fall heir to it. I'll tell you what, I'll gladly give up my camping site with the RV and the box radio and the half-dressed women today for a spot in the millennium. Gladly I will do that. Everybody wants to be outdoors, but I'll tell you what, I don't need to have that beside me. I'll say, I'll endure a little, I'll suffer a little, I'll do whatever it is. You know, maybe I can't be at the choice spot, but I'll, I'll tell you what, thank God for what he gives us. Now, so he says, God thought of you, sin caused this to happen, but God in this age is gathering up all his material. And he said, Satan is here, that's why the earth is so filthy, that's why there's scum and ridiculous things that goes on. Bloodshed, wars, politics, sin, adultery, because Satan is the ruler of this earth and the atmosphere. Now, I don't want you to just think natural because, listen to his next statement. The heavens and the earth is contaminated with devils that accuse us before God. But Jesus is there to intercede for us. And he said, the accuser keeps pointing his finger. They did this, they did that, but the blood still covers. He came to redeem his elect, and the earth is so filthy today. Now, right, there, there's more I want to say, but I need to just sort of keep it in line with where we're at today. 
Now, let, let me just take this for a moment because Brother Branham would talk about this. I'll, I'll just say this. The earth or the world is one of his attributes just the same as you are one of his attributes. The world was in God's thinking to have a world, to be a throne, to be a king, redeemer, and that's his attributes. We also were part of his attributes. So when Brother Adam talks about the world, and he talks about the framework of the world, he makes some statements. Let me use just a couple. He said, waves will be roaring, fearful sights. In Chicago, he says, great tidal wave. And he says, I forget how many earthquakes are happening every hour. It's on the increase. And he says this, the old hull is getting thin. The coming of the Lord is at hand. You know, in the middle of the earth, there's a burning of fire. That's in the very, we're sitting on a burning fire. And he says, earthquakes in diverse places. Earthquakes all over the world, coming all the time. The little shell that we live on is becoming thinner and thinner all the time. Now he's referring to this as the framework. So, back to 2 Peter for a moment. 2 Peter, and Brother Adam says this, he says, that old framework was not destroyed by water, the world was only washed off. So he says, and, and the way he puts it here, he says, the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. So what was in the world back then, there, there was, there was a, a measure of sin, there was some of that, and some things were destroyed with it. So that was the world that then was. But the world that then was has now become the world that is now. And that part has to go through a process. So the same as you and I, the day God started dealing with us, we didn't know about a prophet, and we didn't know about a message. We just felt a pull. We felt a call. And we came, and God was dealing with us. Now, God in his mind had a desire for us, and he had a desire for us. He framed us. He made us how we are. He gave us characteristics. He gave those things, but the devil perverts those characteristics. Now, Sister Ruth, I'm, I'm just going to ask you for a moment, maybe just to put that PowerPoint on here. And I used part of this last week. But God made you a certain way. He had it, but the devil perverts it and uses your talents for his kingdom. But when God gains control, God begins to flip the tables. Now, let's, let's just look at it here this way. So, this is the whole thought. A condemned prisoner is a dead man walking to a death chamber or some other, other place to die, someone who is soon to die. I am glad that the old Ed Hammermeister is on his way out. He still causes me grief. How many Brother Branham say, the greatest enemy William Branham has is William Branham. So he says, someone who is soon to die, someone who is about to face an unavoidable loss, when it is used this way, it is a metaphor comparing this loss to dying. Now, let me just go a step further here. It comes from a phrase once traditional in American prisons to designate a man contemned to death. They were held on what was called death row. So they were there. They were deprived of certain things. They were deprived of most social contact. I'll put this up here for the people that are here. Most social contact. They were barred from work or participation in prison programs. If you hear that a man is on death row, they don't get the benefits that the other prisoners get. Yeah. 
They're about to die. They're deprived of certain things. So you can say the old man, the old flesh, if you let him go, you know, he's on death row. He's on his way out. There's a new man that's rising within that's going to take over. So the old man does not want to participate in the love of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, that those things are on their way out. So look, look at how it goes here. This was... This, this is the way they did it. So the man who was on death row, he started to walk. He's going to go walk to it. He's walking under his own power, going to his death. Now we're walking to, on our own power, taking this old man, not to the grave, because Jesus said, don't fear the man that can give you an earthly grave, but the, rather the one that can take your soul. So we're taking that old man, because God still needs, our soul is redeemed. But he still needs the spirit man, the mind of God, to work for him. And he still needs the flesh to work for him. So he starts from the inside, and we drag that old man around. Because the old man is not redeemed. He, is, he still has the tendencies, the motions of sin. They still work in there. But the more you put God in you, the more you overcome. Now, this last week, as, as I was coming from last Wednesday, I'll tell you what, there was times that, that this was ministering to me. I was tired. I, I, you know, I was coming home, oh, I just need to shut everything off, and you know, I just need to veg out or play a game or do something. Well, it's so easy in that moment for the devil to make you vulnerable. It's so easy, oh, let's just play this game for 10 minutes, and then all of a sudden it's 40 minutes. All of a sudden it's an hour and a half, it's after midnight. Hey, it's never happened to you. It happened to me. But I'll tell you what, then the next morning you're already behind. So there's a few times I said, I'm going to put a tape on. I'm going to listen to a testimony. My flesh can't, can't handle this right now. It's not strong. And I'll tell you what, you literally put yourself in an environment or in an atmosphere to overcome. So and when you do that, hey, I got to sleep an hour and a half earlier. I woke up earlier. I prayed earlier. I'm on top of it. God's gaining the victory over that old man. Praise God for it. Now we all have our vulnerabilities. And we have to know because the prophet would say, the devil has a punch coming at you. So there's always something you've got to overcome. Paul, it was his eyesight, it was the different things, it was the different things. But what it did, it kept him fresh. Now, how many remembers the story I told here some time back? There was a bunch of, it just comes to my mind, but there was a bunch of fishermen. They would go out fishing onto the ocean. They'd be out there for two weeks. Here, I'm just going to turn that off for a moment. They go out fishing. They want to be out there for two weeks. They catch some fish. They freeze them. They put them in the freezers. They keep fishing. Two weeks later, they come in. Well, the fish that were caught in the freezer, they get to market, and there began to be complaints. They're not as fresh as they could be. And then so they thought, okay, we got to do something about this. We're losing our value. So then they began to build these holding tanks into these, into these ships, and they put these holding tanks in there. And then when they put these holding tanks in there, they kept the fish alive, and they're swimming in there. But they're not swimming like they are in the ocean. They're just kind of gliding. They're just kind of staying there. And as they do, they stagnate. They don't do very well. And again, they were not coming fresh. And then one of the guys had a great idea. These were cod they were catching. And he said, the cod have an enemy, and it's a catfish. And so they put a bunch of catfish in these tanks. Well, whenever these... 
catfish saw these cards, they would dart at them, and the cod would be racing around here, racing around here. And when they did that, they came to market fresh because they had to fight or battle something all the way. So God allows the devil, he allows them to have a punch at us because God wants us to chase sharp and to stay fresh and to stay in tune and to have a reason to pray. Because if, if you're just given you know, a buffer on everything, I'll tell you what, it's not too, too long, you'll relax and you expect, you know, oh, God must just favor me so much and, you know, I've got good things coming to me and, you know, just, you know, let me have a recliner or camping gear or whatever you want. Let me have a recliner. And, and, and he says, and let me, give me some palm leaves and, and wave the palm leaves and bring me something to drink. You know what? That's not the way God wants us to be. He wants us to be participators. He wants us to be a part of it. So he allows an infirmity in your flesh. He allows a punch coming at you. He allows something that's contrary to the kingdom of God so that your new man keeps pushing in. Amen. One day the victory is going to be so complete. I'm looking forward to that day. So let's go back to this. So that's a dead man walking up there. Now, we took this spirit realm, soul realm, body realm. That's the three parts of man. It relates to the Old Testament, but let's just bring it right up to where we are. So the outside with its three or its five senses, see, taste, hear, feel, smell. The inside man, memory, conscience, reason, imagination, affections. Those are all there. And then the soul, which is either faith or doubt. So each of these realms is governed by these outlets. They're outlets. So what is it? In your flesh realm, you, you hear something, it, it pulls you a certain way. But if you hear something, and maybe it was a song you used to hear, and it, and it taps into your memory, and oh, yeah, and then it gets intertwined in your memory. I remember that. And then your imagination goes. So the more you can deaden these things coming in, or even if you hear it, if you got something on the inside that you're born again, the memory says, oh yeah, that was the old man. That doesn't matter. That was nothing to do with me anymore. I'll tell you what, we need more of God than we ever needed in this, realm, this, this world before. Friends, the, the plagues that are on the earth are not so much physical in this outside realm as they are in here. Men are going completely insane. Now, I'm going to read this. Brother Adam would say, physical beings, he said, physical beings of our body is tearing down from eating hybrid foods, tensions. Does that not rotten the brain cell? He said, we see how women get on the street naked. Brother Adam said, they're insane. Now listen, even a woman that was not born again a hundred years ago dressed better than they do today. But the insanity has crept to that level. We see how they speed through the streets at 120 miles an hour. It's come to the place where the whole nation, the whole world, not only this nation, but everywhere is mentally gone. Now, what is bringing in the plagues? It's the mental state of man. So he says, the Lord willing, I'm going to show how those hideous things come. Tormenting men will be so insane. They'll imagine, they'll imagine that they're seeing ants the size of a mountain. It'll be tormenting women, be locusts with, with long hair, women hanging down, long teeth like a lion, stingers in it. He says, 
tormenting men on the earth, but it will be too late to do anything about it. He says, you get right now. Now, that doesn't mean just drag this body, this dead man to church. That's a part of it. But you can't do that directly from the soul to the body. It has to pass through the spirit realm. It has to pass through this second realm. It has to come from here. And you have to use, you know, even your conscience. You have to use your memory. You have to use these different things. I, I, I'm, I'm going to get into another aspect of this on another service. But I want to just take this. So it starts from the inside. So the outside hull. Now, I, I don't know. Brother Branham, he, he talked about when, I always wondered when I got out of the other side, would Brother Neville be a fog, or would he be this? But he says, no, he was in the image of what he was on the earth. Now, I trust I won't have eyeglasses. You know, I, I trust I won't have some thinning hair in places. I, I believe it'll be better than that. But it will be in that image. And Brother Bennett would say, the best, when you were at your best, when you were about 18, 20 years old, he says, it'll be more like that. You know, I noticed in some of the pictures that the people were putting up, they didn't want to put up current pictures. Some of our, our, our deacons looked a little younger than they usually look when we see them in the pictures. And I noticed a few other people looked a little younger. They weren't, you know, maybe they're projecting the body change. I don't know. But, but, <laughs> but anyway, it, you know, it, we're moving towards it. Thank God for it. <laughs> okay, I, I'm sure I'll get some texts after the service. But anyway, so he, Brother Adam would talk about how it's from the inside realm. So, so our... our our outside body is part of what God has to use. That's a part of the frame. But he says, so your soul doesn't directly govern your outside body. It's these parts here. You know, so, you know, how do you, how do you go when you're fallen? When you're fallen, how is it that you, you, you have a natural tendency to do wrong? That isn't just the flesh. That's in the spirit. There's a natural tendency to disobey there's a natural tendency, you know, to, 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 to go a wrong way. It's a nature. So I, I'm, I'm not going to get to as far as I want with that, but nonetheless. So let me just go a little further. So there's all these outside influences. They come around us. They're continually around us. They bombard us. And, and we get affected by them. So we get affected by sickness or fear. Fear is the greatest thing. Hatred and strife and envy and lust and pride. All of these things, they can come in. They affect your, your spirit realm. And, and, and you can be governed by them. Unless there's something greater inside. Now, let's just, while I'm in Second Peter, I want to just go back to it. Sister Ruth, you can probably take the PowerPoint off. I'm not going to get any further. But Second Peter, chapter 3, and I'm going to go now to verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be burnt up. So this corrupt world that we're in, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get a baptism by fire. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of people... Persons ought we to be in all holy conversation and godliness. 
looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to promise, look for a new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. So it will be this earth. It will be this framework. But it will not be this cosmos. It will not be this politics. It will not be the world systems. It will not be the contamination. It will not be with accusing devils. It will not be with these things. And in the same way as God deals with the world, He deals with us. It will not be with lustful tendencies. It will not be with temper. It will not be with the things that drag us down. But it will be with a born again, a new man, a new body. And it will be God working from the inside. <coughs> we thank God. Let's go back to Romans chapter 7. We're going to wind our thoughts down with this today. Now last week I went to Acts chapter 28 verse 16 and how Paul came to Rome. And when he came to Rome, the scripture says, he dwelt by himself and the, I don't know if it was the centurion or the soldier was by him. Now I don't know how you can dwell by yourself and have the soldier by you. But we took the example how Everything that Paul did, this, this man was there. This man may not have been born again. So Paul dwelt in a place where he was used to having this thing drag him down. And he began to think certain thoughts and it put him in a channel. And God allowed him for our benefit. So in Romans chapter 7 in verses 1 to 3, Paul would begin to speak a little bit. And he would talk about how the law had dominion over a man. I'm not going to read it all. But he, he then goes back to the Old Testament and he says that a woman which has a husband is bound by the law to her husband, but if the husband is dead, she is loosed. Now, Paul is picking up here on the original sin. He's picking up on two covenants, one for the man, one for the woman. He doesn't say if the husband be dead, but if the woman, which is a type of the church, which is a type of us, if she be dead, she's not bound to the old husband. So he says, and the only way she can get married in verse 3 is if her old husband is dead. So he takes all of this down to verse 4 to 6. Let's read. Wherefore, my brethren, you are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit to God. So we become dead to the law. I'll, I'll come to this in a minute. When we were in the flesh... And we still are in the flesh. The motions of sin, which were in the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. That's why we struggled with smoking, with drinking, with lusting, things that manifest in our flesh because the motions of sin, the, the unborn creature, not the newborn, but he's the, the, the old nature, was working in us. But now, he says, we are delivered from the law that being dead wherein we were held, we should serve in newness of spirit and not in oldness of letter. Now, I'm going to go right into verses 7. He says, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. I had not known sin but by the law, for I had not known lust except the law had said, thou shalt not covet. For he says... But sin, taking occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concipience, for without the law sin was dead. 
Now, he, uh, he really makes a point here in verse 9. He says, I was alive without the law once. So, in other words, when you're a sinner and the nature of a sinner, you enjoy life. You enjoy anything that the old nature tells you to do. You enjoy it. It's natural to you. But when you come to your conscience convicting you, and you're saying, you ought not to do that, now all of a sudden, the law is put in front of you. And so Paul said, I was alive without the law. But when the commandment came, then sin revived. Now, then, you, then the things you were doing became sin to you. Because by the law, now you know, I shouldn't do that, I shouldn't do this. And, and now, you, 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 it, it, becomes, it, sin, it becomes sin to you. And Paul says, and I died. Now, he, he makes a distinction here. The commandment, which was ordained to life, I found to be with death. Now remember, he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. So he said, sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me and it slew me. The law is holy. The commandment is holy. It's just and good. Just like God needs this flesh, God needs our spirit, but he doesn't need it in the old way. He needs it in a new way. And he says, now, was then that which is good made death to me? God forbid. But sin, that it might appear to be sin, working death in me by that which was good, that sin by the commandment might become exceedingly can, uh, sinful. I know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sort of under sin. Let me put it in these terms. If you try to live and you're convicted about a life you're living and you're having trouble overcoming, you'll never be able to overcome yourself. You'll never be able to live to the standard of this message in your flesh or in your old nature. But you will need a nature change from the inside, and that's when the battle really starts. You never had trouble before because now you recognize that's sin. I can't live that way. I don't want to live that way. Help me, Jesus. And when you pray that way, he comes, he empowers you, he gives you grace to overcome. So he says now, Paul, Paul, really, he says now, here was his strife. Now remember, he was under the law, he had never received Christ, he'd never received what the pillar of fire gave him. Now for that which I do, I allow not, for that which I would, that I do not, that which I hate, that do I. If you notice as you read these, a lot of this is about I. If you count how many times he says I here, it's all about him, me, and his own flesh. He says, it is not, it, it is then I do that which I would not. I consent to the law that it is good. Now it is no more that I, I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. I, I, I'm just as human as every one of you. There's times I wake up and I think, okay, Lord, I give you myself, I give you this, and along the way there comes some temptation and you get sidetracked a little bit. Not that it's completely sinful, but it's a distraction. It takes you away from the purpose of God. When I was younger, they were bigger distractions. As you move with God and you're more into the place He is, you're more focused, Lord, my body's a temple. 
My body is for you. I want you to dwell in it. I want you to have dominion. I don't want that, that the dark shadows of the devil to corrupt me. I want only God to dwell in me. That's the desire. You didn't have that desire out of your old nature. That only came by the new birth. So he says in verse 19, For the good that I would do not, the evil which I would not that I do. Now if I do that which I would not, this is almost like, like saying a poem real quick here or something, but it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. So Paul is recognizing something. And Brother Branham recognizes too because you know sometimes you go down to pray and all of a sudden another thought comes. Or all of a sudden, oh, did you check this? And you get distracted. Or I, I better just check my phone. I, I better turn my phone off. This has happened to me too many times. I better turn my phone off because I want to pray. Oh, I just got a text. Oh, I better check that. Oh, and all of a sudden you're, what was I doing? Oh yeah, I was going to pray 15 minutes later. So what we need to recognize is we want God to take us. I'll tell you what, if I don't have a time of prayer in my life and a time to lay it before God and, and say, Lord, now you capture my mind. You capture my thinking. I'll tell you what, then I get distracted more easily. But the more I give myself to that, the more I'm overcomer. Brother Moses shared a wonderful quote on Sunday night when he says, the more we give ourselves to it, then the more that faith can work in us. The more that we, and I believe if we're the bride of Christ, we're not doing it because we have to. It's we love the Lord. I, I, I tell you what, do you feel good when you look at the contaminated world out there? Do you feel good when you see people dressed and acting and fearful and, and in a half insane state? Guns out and doing things. You don't know what's going to happen next. I don't feel, it grieves me. Do you think God is pleased when, when we take our vessel and yeah, we go to church, but then we get engaged in maybe it's gossip, maybe it's watching something unquestionable, maybe it's, it's doing something. That's as dirty and filthy as this world is. So to God I say, take this temple, take what I am, Lord, and, and, and channel it that it may be used for you. Let me take, and, and Lord, let me, let me take the, and, and mortify, as it says in Colossians, mortify, put to death the deeds of the flesh. Put to death the old man. I'll tell you what, I'm more determined to, if I have to drag him along, and, and if I make a mistake, I'm like Paul. Okay, I didn't want to do that, but that wasn't really me. The real me wants and desires God. That's, that is the spirit of disobedience. That is the motions of sin. And I'll tell you what, the more you recognize that, the less of a condemned life you'll live, the, the more you'll live in victory, the more you'll recognize it's not me, it's the old me. It's the unregenerated part of me. But the new me, the man that's born again, that man is marching to Zion. That man's moving forward. That man's getting into the Word. That man's fellowshipping with God. Put good things around you. Create an atmosphere. That's what the token is. You don't need to listen to every news broadcast. You don't need to listen to every, every social media posting. doesn't mean you have to be in, in the Word 24-7, but just go stand by a lake and watch the ducks and watch the wind and listen to the birds. And You can't watch the wind, but you can hear it. 
You know, and, and, and watch the birds. Listen to the birds. I'll tell you what, it's beautiful. I'll tell you what, it's refreshing. It does something for you. You know, enjoy your family. Enjoy your children. Enjoy your parents. And laugh a little and enjoy things. You know, under the token, I believe we can be at rest. We can be at peace. We don't need to be troubled on every side. That's available to us. So Paul says, I recognize. Okay, I've come out of a Pharisee's life. I've been chained to this, this guy, and I know what it's like to have an encumbrance that I've got to drag around with me. This man, he doesn't have the same mind, this soldier that I'm chained to. He doesn't have the same mind that I do. And, I, and, and, and Paul would just say, I need to pray. And that guy said, really, again? I've got to stoop down again? And Paul says, yeah, you got to do it again. I need to write. You know, I need to do this. I need to sing. That man that he was with didn't want to do that. Your old man doesn't want to do that. But the born-again man loves it. I get tired in my flesh. I even get tired in my spirit sometimes. I get weary. But I'll tell you what, the soul never gets tired of God. The soul longs for God. The soul wants to worship Him. That wants to love Him. So he's, Paul says, I'm winding my thought down now. Paul says, I delight in the law of God after the inward man. I see another law in my members, warring against the law in my mind, bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from the body of this death? I don't know what the group was. They sang the quartet. They sang that song, The Holy Hills. Do you remember the Rambles? Was that who it was? Somebody from years ago. But it was, they sang that song. There's a, a verse in there. Bars of bone. You know, these, these, they're bars to really the spirit that's in us that wants to take flight. And, and, and they're bars of bone. They hold us back. And, and Paul would say, this wretched man that I am who will deliver me from this body and he says, and in it, he's able to have a victory. He says, I thank God through Jesus our Lord. With my mind, I serve the law of God. I, I, I love God. I want to worship him. I want to live for him. But with flesh, I serve the law of sin. It, it drags us down once in a while. It's an enemy to us. But you know what? We're going to drag it away all the way into a rapture. We're going to drop that old flesh, that old carcass that we took care of, that, that caused us so much grief along the way. You know, as the musicians come, I'm gonna, I said that was my last scripture. I'm just going to read a portion from 1 Corinthians 9 because Paul, he would read, you can read verses 19 down, but he talks about those that were under the law without Christ. And, you know, but he says now, he, he takes it in verse 24, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receives the prize, so run that you may obtain Every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. He said, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that would beat the air. Now he says, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. I remember early in my Christian walk, I was 
I had been scarred by things and felt like I needed deliverance from things. And I would pray and fast and I would seek God. And sometimes I got to a point of frustration. And I, I would just pray and clench my fist. God, deliver me from this. And sometimes it was just my flesh. But you learn after a while. You say, the more you yield to it, God is delivering you in it. He is overcoming in you. So what is it? You're running a race. They're running a race out there. They're trying to get back into, but we're running a race to the kingdom of God. So we don't run uncertainly. We don't, we don't fight. Okay, there's a virus around here somewhere. That's not it. It's not that kind of a fight. And it's not a fight against this fear again. No, it's just a fight of yielding to God. Laying down our will. Allowing our will to dominate. And he says, Paul says, then we, we bring it into subjection and, and we're running the race. And that's truly what we're doing. Listen, I, I probably would have liked to bring it out in a different way. I had more thoughts and notes, but we're going to be good for today. We're not, we're not going into this haphazardly. We're going to win this. I'll tell you what, I, there is more. I'll tell you what, the more I look right now, I'm so grateful for what God has done in us. Not, not in our outside body so much, but I look at, I thank God for the peace that we have. As you play something softly, sister, you know, for the peace that we have, you can't even begin to explain what, where does peace come from? But Jesus said, my peace I give to you. Where, where does joy come from? You know, when you, something strikes you and Oh, it's so pure. It's so good. It's, you know, I, I went to bed last night. I was tired. It was late. I was weary. I just did all I could to get to bed. And then I woke up this morning and you just looked, the sun was shining. And then just when I get out the garage door and I open that garage door and there's the sun coming through and you smell the air. Oh, it's refreshed. And I thought, this is the earth that's going to be destroyed. It even has qualities. And I thought, oh, when this body works in harmony with the will of God, oh, it's these hands just lift up to worship Him. When, when, when my mouth just wants to thank Him and there's something welling up, I don't know where that comes from. But I'll tell you what, it's Him. And He dwells and He lives in me. I'll tell you what, we, should, we ought to be so thankful for that. Amen. I feel like singing. I don't know what you're playing there right now. What's that? Okay. I'm gonna, I wouldn't mind to sing, Brother Ray, if we can. Peace of God, cover me. Only in you. Only in him. Let's stand together. I want to just, just, just say, there in the midst of a world that's full of turmoil, there's little vessels, little places where the dove of God comes and just coos to us and and, and whispers to us, peace of God, cover me. Peace of God, cover me. Oh, cover me. Cover me. Oh, peace of God, cover me. Through the storm, 
and only in you I'm secure. Peace that passes all that I understand. 